God is good. All the time. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. So I was thinking uh, as I was preparing for uh, this talk today, this path, this sermon today, how do we get to know people? How do we know people? Uh, in the world of social media and with all of the ways that we can connect and network, there's plenty of ways that I would get to know someone. Maybe I friend them on Facebook and I see, I click on their about and <laughs> learn like they work for such and such, they're married to so-and-so, they have maybe these kids, their interests are this, they believe this. I can look at their pictures and Facebook stalk them and say, oh, they're a person with lots of friends or they're a person with, um, they have a diverse group of friends or they don't have a diverse group of friends or they have this political leaning or that political leaning or I can get to know someone on LinkedIn and know kind of see their resume laid out. They used to work here, they used to work there, they, they majored in this, they have this degree and this degree and they're qualified to do this and that. Or what are other ways that we can connect? Instagram, right? They like taking pictures of eating food. They're a foodie, <laughs> right? Right? And they like taking pictures of themselves. They're vain. Um, so you can get to know people in different ways. Um, but what if you really want to get to know someone, right? Beyond the images, beyond the posts, uh, beyond the social media, what you see on social media, if you really wanted to get to know someone on a deeper level, uh, to build a relationship with them, maybe you'd ask someone, hey, let's go out to coffee. And I do this a lot. I meet with people, uh, trying to get to know them, trying to invite them to renew, invite them to church, kind of uh, give them the vi our vision and stuff like that. And I say, hey, let's go out to coffee and let me what? I want to hear your story. And I can share our story, or my story with you. And so we learn about each other through the stories we tell one another. And this Sunday, we are in the last week of the Covenant's Flesh Initiative, which is uh, intentional evangelism, learning to be a missional community, learning to be a community um, that begins with prayer, that listens for the Holy Spirit, and what God is doing among our neighbors in the world, uh, on the first one, but, uh, a community that eats together, that fellowships and is hospitable and invites people to the table, invites people to our homes um, to connect on an everyday level. Uh, we want to be a community that serves with love, that like Jesus in washing the disciples' feet, chose to serve his disciples and, say, and said to us, you too do that. Do like I did. Um, and then finally, this week, the final S of the BLESS acronym is to share our stories. And one of the ways um, that as a community, we touch people, uh, we touch our neighbors, we touch uh, the people and invite them into a deeper relationship with Jesus is in sharing our stories. And we've talked a lot about evangelism, the dirty E word, right? The scary E word and how for many of us that hearing that word puts hives, you know, makes us break out in hives. Um, 
But we want to talk about a different model, a different look on witnessing, on evangelism. Evangelism, evangelism being uh, a natural outpouring of how we interact and engage um, with the people around us as a community. How we, in our daily interactions, and these missional practices of the church can connect and draw people um, into a deeper relationship with Jesus. And more than propositional truths, right? Telling someone, I believe in Jesus because this and this and this, the, the, art, the artifacts that people have found, or they found Noah's Ark, right? Buried under a mountain, right? Or here, here, are, the, the, here are my best rational explanations for why God exists. I think people nowadays are looking for a lot for an experience that goes beyond maybe the cerebral. They want to belong, right? Especially in a place like Seattle, the Puget Sound area, up here in Linwood, right? Isolation, right? The spirit of isolation is running rampant. Right? Even though we need community, even though as human beings we long to be in relationship with each other. It's very hard to break through the ice and actually go beyond kind of the facade of independence and say, I need you. I need people. I, I, I need friends. <laughs> what if I was here like, will you be my friend? You'd be like, whoa, too needy, Dave. <laughs> Get away from me. But we do. We all need friends. We all need family. We all need a sense of belonging. And... When we share stories, right, we connect with people on a human level, right? Because all of us experience commonality, right? We ha all have common experiences, right? And when we tell stories, we resonate, right? When I hear Miles tell a story about growing up, right? Uh, growing up as an African-American man in the South, I resonate with him. Not because I'm African-American, but maybe because I grew up in the South, or I, I understand uh, places where he feels isolated, or invisible, or overlooked, or prejudged. We can all resonate when we sit down with people and say, tell me your story. So when we have good news, what do we do? When we have news to tell, something exciting happens, you get a new job, or you get a new car, or you win a million dollars on the lottery, or Shaquem Griffin gets drafted by the Seahawks. What do you do? You feel so excited. What do you do? How do you pro you want to just share that news? And I, me being a Facebook kind of addict, I'm like, I post everything on Facebook. Shaquem Griffin got drafted by the Seahawks. Woo! Right? Like, 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 like. <laughs> It was literally just three likes. But uh, we like to proclaim that. We like when good things happen to us, good news is not meant to be held inside, right? If something really exciting happens, you want to share it, right? If something really good and wonderful and joy-inspiring is going on in our lives, you want to tell that story. You want to share that. Maybe, maybe I'm just more of an extrovert and I like people to know what's going on. <laughs> maybe more private people don't want to share it, but if you, you, it's hard to hold something good inside. 
right? Because if you hold something good inside, maybe it's not that good, right? And we want other people to feel joyful and feel excited. And you know, I like to listen to people when I go to Starbucks or another coffee shop. I like to practice the spiritual discipline of eavesdropping. Right? And you may think that's rude. But you know, I'm a nosy person and I just like to connect people. I want to hear people's stories. And it's good sermon preparation, right? It builds a foundation of what's going on in the world? What are people talking about these days? What are people feeling these days? And so I will just sit. If you just sit in a coffee shop, you have your cappuccino, or if it's a warm day, you have your ice cold brew now, right? Cold brew with the sweet cream. And you're sitting there and you hear uh, the sounds of making coffee, uh, the coffee uh, beans being ground. And then you begin to see people walking in and walking out, people in the line, people at the tables interacting, right? And you look over at this table and a man and a woman are sitting there and the man's talking, talking, and you see the woman eyes begin to well up and tear up. And she's obviously trying to fight back tears and wiping her tears away. And the man just stands up and walks out the door, walks out of the cafe, and she's there crying. Right? What just happened? And you're like, oh, a number of things. I, I've seen that story. I've experienced that story. Right? They were in a relationship and maybe they just broke up. Right? Or they had a fight. And the guy left and she's crying. And then you're listening some more. And inevitably, you hear the loud person on the cell phone that's not walking out. Right? <laughs> just this whole conversation. You don't have to eavesdrop. It's just in your face. Like, get up, Bob. Yeah, we need those numbers right away. Let's get those numbers and let's have a meeting and sit down. Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, shut up, shut up. Right? It's so annoying. And then there's, at another table, there, there are a couple of uh, students, it looks like, and they have their Macs open, and they have a biology book or a medical book, and they seem to be writing on stuff. They're studying together, right, for a test. And if you take some time to just listen and eavesdrop and to look around at the people, people around you, you see, like, oh, I know what's going on there, or oh, I've been in that spot. I've been in that spot, the lady with the three-year-old kid, boy, and he's like, I want apple juice. No, you already had enough sweets. I want apple juice. No, you already had enough sweets. I want apple juice, apple juice, apple juice. My voice is probably obnoxious right now, but this is true happening, right? A three-year-old in a cafe saying, I want this, I want this, and just her face getting red, and knowing like just the overwhelming sense of I need to shut this kid up or I need to get out of here. How embarrassing is this? I want apple juice! I want apple juice! We are going to walk right out of here and you're not going to get anything unless you be quiet. Ah! And her drag physically having to drag her son out of the cafe. Ah! We've been there or many of us have been there. Some of us have been there or we can at least understand. 
And those of us uh, who are young adults who are like, I'm never going to have kids, have no compassion for that. But as parents, I have compassion for that. I know what's going on. Right? And there's the, the kid throwing the tantrum in the public place. It's like, ugh. Everyone has a story. Everyone is on a journey. And instead of focusing on how we're different, how that group of people, I just don't mesh with that. that that's not my style. That's not, my, that's not how I do. Or that group of people, they wouldn't understand me. Right? Or they have biases against me. Right? Instead of thinking about what are the gaps between us and them, as a church, as the body of Christ, we need to begin thinking about what connects us to this person or that person. What are the stories in their lives? Everyone has a story. Everyone is coming from a place. And you know what? Maybe our story would connect with their story and there would be resonance. And so what it means to share our stories is that we are witnesses to Christ's good news when we share our stories about what God's done in our life. And I don't mean standing on a corner beating a drum saying, repent, then believe, or go to hell, right? Or look what God did for me. But in a savvy, personal, authentic ways, sharing, listening, to other people's stories and saying, I understand how you feel. This is, this is what happened to me in my life. And this is how God brought joy or change or transformation into that. Are you with me, church? So John, in the first epistle here, epistle is a letter, the letter, first letter of John, starts off that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. And you see that this beginning echoes that of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, right? Which begins with, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. Right? Here we have that same phrase, that which was from the beginning. Right? The beginning of all time. And both of those passages, both of these passages point towards what? The beginning of scripture, Genesis 1, in the beginning. Right? God created the heavens and the earth. Right? So we see that there is a story, an old, old story. It's the meta-narrative. It's the narrative that encompasses all narratives. This is what John is talking about. What we're dealing with is the greatest story of all time, the greatest love story, the big story, the story that began everything. This is the story that we're talking about. Okay? And this is the story that we all just experienced. Right? This Jesus died and was crucified and was resurrected, and everyone's trying to make sense of it all. And what he's writing is saying, this is the first story. This is the very beginning. 
It's an old, ancient story. It is the story. How love made it all happen. And we are connected. We're all connected to that story. And John is saying, let me show you this narrative line. Like we are all children of the Creator, God. We all came from His Word into the earth. And God said, let there be light. That word uh, is the only word that in saying it, it becomes. Does that, that make sense? Right? My kids have already learned that what I say doesn't always happen. Right? So when I say, oh, I promise you, I'll hang out with you after I get this done. They're like, whatever, Dad. They go on to their devices, right? My word doesn't actually make action happen. But God's word, let there be light, and there was light, right? This word has ultimate authority and power, right? And action. And that's, that's the word, right? And he's saying, when we were, who were around Jesus, experienced Jesus, was around Jesus, traveled with Jesus, ministered with Jesus, right? These events, this, these historical events, we touched him with our hands, right? Literally, the image of Thomas, right? During Jesus' resurrection, here, look at my hands. Look at my side. Put your finger in it. Do you doubt? Touch me. John is like, this Jesus is flesh in flesh, right? And he's connected to all of that in the beginning. He's connected with the, to the God, the creator. This is what we proclaim. The word became flesh, right? And dwelt among us. This word was life, the word of life. And the life appeared, verse 2, we have seen it and testified it, and we proclaim to you the eternal, he can hit next up, we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was the Father, uh, was with the Father and has appeared to us. The life appeared. The, the Father, the, this eternal life, appeared to us. And that's the second kind of point or theme that I'm going to point towards is that the, in, through the life of Jesus, we are given a real and authentic experience with the God of the universe. Through Jesus, uh, God became touchable and God touched us relationally, physically. In the Gospel of John, the incarnation is described as a word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. The word Jesus Christ moved, as Eugene Peterson in the message uh, writes in the John um, 1 passage, the word Jesus Christ moved into the neighborhood. Right? Next to and became neighbor to humanity, became neighbor with each one of us. John's like, Jesus was and is real. I saw him. I loved him. I touched him. Mm -hmm. He 
Remember how he showed us his hands and his feet. Remember how he used to we used to roll with him. Right? We rolled with him. All the stories he told. I wish there was like more gospels that we could read, like the the uh, unplugged versions, right? <laughs> the BTS behind the scenes versions of the movies, right? What what Jesus was like with his disciples, you know, around the fire during non-ministry moments, right? The, during the ones that weren't written down in the Gospels. Like, did he tell jokes? Did they, like, eat and burp around the fireplace? Did they, like, you know, um, do crazy things? You know, did he just, like, rip on Peter all the time and everyone laughed? Peter's like, oh, so you always making fun of me. Why are you picking on me? Um, I just wonder, and I, you know, my imagination just goes out, like, yeah, just being with Jesus and sharing stories. Like, Jesus was real. Jesus was in relationship with his disciples, and this is what John is pointing towards. Right? He appeared, the life appeared, eternal life appeared and came to us. Whoa. Real and authentic. Touchable and touching. And then in verse 3, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship with, is with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. You can just count the number of times um, that you see, we proclaim. We proclaim one concerning the word of life. We proclaim to you, that's number two, the eternal life. In verse three, we proclaim to you that we have seen what we have seen and heard. The life appeared in another form, we testify to it. We proclaim, we proclaim, we proclaim, we testify to what we have seen and heard. This life, this eternal life, who is Jesus, the Son of God, we proclaim. And that's what, I, that's what I was leading into when I opened with, when we experience good news, when we have news in our life, what do we do? We proclaim it, right? We, we go on Twitter and we tweet it. We go on Facebook and we post it. We go on Instagram and we shoot it, right? We proclaim good things. Because we want the world to know, just like the song, All the Poor and Powerless, we shout it. We scream it from the mountaintops. You know, uh, when Isaiah was born, first kid, right, I was so elated <coughs> and joyful. I just wanted to scream, my son, right? And my wife had done all the work. She was like in pain and tired. In the bed, and I'm posting on Facebook. Look at different angles of Isaiah. Look, he looks like his dad. Look, look, I made it through. I'm so tired, right? Like we had to get up at two a.m. in the morning. We were pushing for seven hours. Janice is just shaking her head. We were pushing. Oh yeah, right. Not we. I was pushing, and you didn't do anything. But I'm like this proud father. I'm a father. I'm a son. Proclaim, proclaim. Good news. Facebook posts. Facebook posts. I did so much work, right? He came out of 
my gene pool, right? It is, right, the continuation of my line, Isaiah. <laughs> Overjoyed. Choked out, right? We share our stories and people see Jesus. Because Jesus is the word of life, as John is saying. And it's funny, like, when people experience the church, do they experience life? Do they see life on our faces? I hope so. I mean, I know I've been through a lot of seasons being a PK, growing up in the church, having to go to church, where I just didn't want to be at church, you know? Even in my 20s, even when Janice and I first got married, we just wanted to travel. We didn't want to go to church, right? And I always wanted to be a pastor. It's like, somehow I need to reconcile that. If I want to be a pastor, I'm going to have to love church, right? It's like this tension in me. <laughs> And there are different times. And, and Renew is actually our vision. We started off with that. Like, we want to recapture what it means to love the church and be the church. Not just go to church or have to go to church or be hurt in the church and, or complain about the church or sit outside of the church and go, ah, I'm glad I left. But we want to be the church with our lives and the stories we tell and how we interact with people outside of the church, beyond the walls. Yeah. And that's what it means. Right? Set yourself free. That's what it meant for me. Is set myself free from all the expectations and the chains and like the traditions and the things that I grew up believing. This is church. Church means this. Mm. And I'm tired of that. To what does it mean to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ and the good news to the neighbors, my neighbors out there, amen? Amen. amen? To begin to proclaim and testify to life. And that's what it's about. We have experienced good news. All of us, I think, can sit down in our journal and write a time when God came through for us, right? Can you write a time when God, Jesus, came through for you? When you prayed and he answered prayers. When you were down and he lifted you up. Right? When you were in darkness and he brought light. When you were in despair and hope came. When you were messed up and jacked up and he healed you. Can you think of a time? If you can think of a time, then you have a story to tell about life. About the word of life and what God has done in you. Amen? Amen? And this is what it means to share our stories. Because there are people out there that are hurting. There are people that out there that are in despair. There are people out there that need community, that are looking and searching for God. They want good news. And their life is full of bad news, bad news, bad news. Hard things happening. Right? Recently in social media... Um, in Manhattan, you, knew, you know the story of the Manhattan lawyer who goes into the restaurant in, around his workplace and he hears workers at the restaurant 
speaking to one another in Spanish. And he goes on a tirade. And he's like, if you're going to come into my country, then you should at least speak English, right? Because I am paying for your welfare. So if you're not going to speak English, go back to where you came from and get out of my country, right? And as soon as he said that, you know, everyone was like recording it and he just got social mediaized, right? <laughs> like they posted everywhere. Sean King got a hold of it. And like his, uh, the, the, the building where his office was, his law firm was, kicked him out actually as a result. And then, uh, then there was this live feed of a Hispanic Latino party outside of his apartment. They found his, they found his address. And so like uh, everyone just started gathering outside and they were all chanting, hablamos espanol, hablamos espanol. Like we speak Spanish, we speak Spanish, right? And there was a, mar a mariachi band, you know, going, ay, 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 ay. <laughs> and they were actually like courting him, wooing him to come out, right? And it was just a party, but they also had a megaphone and people, they were inviting people to come and tell their story. Like, I'm the, I'm the child of immigrants and I'm here in college, right? I speak English and I speak Spanish and this is my country and I'm, I'm getting educated. And people, person after person told their story. Like, you just wrapped all of us who speak Spanish up into one, right, narrative. And that's not our story. And it resonated with me. Right? And I wanted to post it and put it like, I speak Spanish too. <laughs> right? Right? I'm a child of immigrants as well. But this is my country. Right? This is my country. There are people who want, who have stories that we can connect to and they can connect with our stories. So take risks, listen to people around you and tell your story. Tell the good news story. Tell that old, old story. Tell it well, right? Tell it with creativity, but tell it. When we share our stories, and this is the final part, Verse four, we write this to make our joy complete. This is the final, John in actually writing the letter is continuing to proclaim the gospel, right? I write this, I testify as I'm writing this letter, I'm proclaiming. And when I write this, my joy is made complete. Joy isn't complete in us until we share it with others. <laughs> Our joy is made complete when we share share our stories. Our, when we share our stories, our joy is made complete. Because when there's something amazing inside you, something that gives you joy, you hold onto it, you know. We believe in the power of love, the power of our kinship with people around us, the power of a commonality, over the same things, we laugh at the same things, we 
get excited over similar things. We love in the same ways. When we share our stories, we are making connections with family. They may not know that we're family. They may have been estranged for a long, long time. But when we share our stories, we connect with people and become friends. We go deeper. We connect on a deeper level. And when we share our stories, we are proclaiming the life in us. We are introducing glimpses and pieces of Jesus. So I invite you to share your story.